Greg Collins, Substitute Teachers Lounge. What's that you say? You see an absence pop up for a librarian? What does it even mean? What will you really be doing? And will it change when you get there? Well, I'll tell you my experiences from this past week because I took an absence for a librarian and it was actually a lot more exciting than I expected it to be. All right, guys. First of all, let me apologize for my voice. I didn't realize how bad it sounded until I was editing. And basically, I have a tooth situation, and I've got a little swelling going on, and I'm on all the good antibiotics and ibuprofen, all that kind of stuff to take care of that. But it actually is affecting my talking right now. So apologize for that. I wanted to let you all know that this... I episode I thought was unique enough. I never figured I'd ever do one about subbing for a librarian. But not only did I do that, I posted a few days ago on the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page, which is going really good and strong. Make sure you join that Facebook page. But I posted to let them know that I would be publishing an episode about substituting for a librarian and told him it was coming up Sunday and I got several comments about that about see if this fits you some people say they never see a job for a librarian in their frontline for us but whatever the absentee system is that you do some see say they see it from time to time but it always ends up being something else when they go in there because they send you to a higher need and it usually ends up being one of the more challenging classroom situations because that's why nobody took it. So we'll talk about all that today. I'm going to actually, this is going to eventually get into describing a couple of magic tricks to you that I think will go over good in the classroom at all ages, really. I can see it being effective through elementary school and all the way through high school, maybe high school, you can make it a project about how the students can figure out why it happens, what's going to happen before it happens, all that good stuff. So, okay, substituting for the librarian. Now, I assume it's the same way for everyone. Librarian is an, an accredited teaching profession in our area. It pays for a substitute teacher, well, teacher for that matter, it pays along the same pay scale as all the other teaching positions. It's just obviously a more unusual position. I don't often accept them. You know, I've got in my head for some reason, and it's not always true, that I like classroom situations more than I do librarian, physical education in the gym, things like that, band. I've substituted all of those, and I love them too. Don't get me wrong, but my forte, I think, is more in the classroom. So I don't take them as often as I do the others, but it just so happens. And and let's go around to the flip side. I know some of you like those types of positions because there's not as much interaction. And if that's who you are, that's fine. I mean, I'm normally not like that, but I took one this time because I did want to 
see the students before their Thanksgiving break, and I thought that would be a fun way to do that. The thing about those classes I just mentioned, librarian, PE, all that kind of stuff, you see a cross-section of all the different grades because all the grades might be in there before the day is over. So here's been my experience about substituting for a librarian. I believe the first time I ever did it was maybe two and a half years ago and wasn't sure what to expect, but it just so happened that the normal librarian, he was going to a training session and he was, I get there pretty early, so he was still there. And he said, do you know how to run one of these machines? And I said, well, you know, he was talking about checking out books. I, I said, I'm I like gadgets. I like learning new things. So if you can give me a quick tutorial, I'll do it for you. And it wasn't much more than just taking a scanner gun, like a QR code type scanner gun. When a student brought up a book, you scan that code and it puts it into their you know, their account, so to speak, because they're going to have to bring it back in two weeks. You have to look up the student, but that's easy enough given the information that you tell them. So you put up, pull up the student's page, you scan the book, it puts it in their account, and you're good to go. The only really manual thing you have to do, at least at the schools where I do it, is you have to get the ink pad and the date punch thing and punch that date in the back of the book. Okay, it's going to show what two weeks is in the system, too. This is just more of a reminder to the student to bring it back when they're supposed to bring it back. So I've done that. I actually enjoy that part of it. In fact, I'll say this. Librarians, I should say libraries, are decorated so nicely. I love to look at the walls when I go in there. One of my favorites, and when I tell them this, you know, a lot of them listen to my podcast, so they're going to know who I'm talking about. One has got a display about a zombie emergency kit. They've got it hanging on the wall. One has a display of the progression of Nintendo-type game controllers. I think all that stuff's cool. It adds a little ambiance to the room. They've got eye-popping books setting out on the top of their shelves to kind of draw in the student's attention. So I've done those before. I've learned how to do it. I probably, here's the extremes of my experience as a as subbing for a librarian. I have had times, not very often, but I have had times when I'd walk in the door and they'd say, Mr. Collins, I know you signed up for this. Can you do this instead? And they actually closed the library for the whole day. They didn't even put anybody in there. They locked the doors, so to speak. So, And you can't do that in a regular classroom, so the library does differ in that regard. But most of the time, it's maybe getting pulled away for a little while. It, on the opposite extreme, and I've shared this in a recent episode, so I'll quickly just share it again. One time when I went to a library and was enjoying myself because there was a lot of books being checked out and I got to use the equipment, I was called after the first period and moved to another classroom for the rest of the day because the sub that had showed up, they got frustrated for some reason and walked off the job. So I had that class. I didn't think it was particularly overwhelming or anything, so I'm not sure what happened there. So it's all over the gamut. Here's what happened when I substitute taught this past Friday, okay? That's not correct. 
It, I know it doesn't matter to you, but it was actually on Tuesday. It was the day before the Thanksgiving break. We are, by the way, this is November 27th, 2022. So that's where we are on a timeline. There's a lot of you. You know, we get a lot of new members every week, and I'll see a big bump because several of them go through and download what they feel would be an interesting title to listen in the podcast. So I appreciate all our new people as well as I do the old people. We continue to grow. About to hit a milestone. I'll tell you what it is maybe next week because we'll probably cross it before then. So I went into the librarian job. First period was actually a class. It was the only class that was scheduled for the library that the librarian would be in charge of. So there wasn't any other teacher. It was just about 10 students. They already had computer-related work that they had to do, so that was easy enough. Second period, or I should say five minutes before second period, I did, in fact, get a call to cover for an eighth-grade history class, just for one period, a little bit more, because the teacher, their child was in a holiday program, and she wanted to go see it, and I was happy to do that. In fact, when she came back, she was a little bit sad because she could tell her daughter had wanted to come back with her after she was there for her presentation. So that happens quite often. So I did get pulled out of the class one period. It was really like a period, maybe 15 minutes into the next, came back, and I was in the library again. Now, I guess they didn't, they hadn't left me credentials that I need to log in to use their equipment. So there wasn't a whole lot of library books being checked out. I didn't end up doing that, even though I could, if they could have just logged me in. There was an assistant there that did some of that, kept some notes because she couldn't get into the system at first and got in later. So there were some books being checked out. But for the most part, it was an extremely slow day, so much so that I did two main things to kill the time. I would go around and look at the books. It's funny to me, you know, we called them comic books back in the day, but now they call them graphic novels. There was a graphic novel section. There was a sports section, history, all that fine stuff fun stuff. It reminded me, I remember, and they're still there. I remember back in my day as a middle school student, we called them junior high. One of the most popular books for everybody to check out was the Guinness Book of World Records. That's when it had just started to become popular. So it was always gone because when somebody checked it out, checked it back in, somebody else was waiting, they would come in and check it out. So it was always off the bookshelf. Saw one of those, Saw a Ripley's Believe It or Not book that's kind of dating me or showing my entertainment level. But I walked around, but then I finally came around a book about Houdini. And I started flipping through it, and it was written on a, on a middle schooler's level, as you might expect. And it had some cool tricks in there. So I said, I, you know, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. These two tricks would be perfect for the classroom at any age level. So here's how they work. First of all, I'm going to try my best to describe these two tricks without the aid of, of, you know, visual accompaniment because this is a podcast. The first one had to do with rings. You take a maybe a two feet length of string and you double it up so that you've got the two loose ends on one end and the loop or the bend on the other end. You then 
put that bin into a ring, like a ring you wear on your finger, or maybe a washer if you're more comfortable doing that. And after you put the loop in, you put the two ends of the string back through that loop so that the, you then have that ring dangling on the end of that string when you hold it up because you put the loop through. It, it's just one of those little quasi-knots that you pull the two ends of the string through the end of the loop and the ring is is stuck on the end. Don't pull it too tightly. You then would have the kids put maybe three other rings onto the over the loose ends of the string so that, in effect, you now have one ring dangling at the bottom, three other rings sitting on top of that ring that's dangling. And your trick is you're going to tell those kids you, you're going to let two students hold each end of the string while you put a handkerchief or some kind of cloth over the top, reach underneath, and you pull the rings off of that string without breaking the string. Now, it's really kind of a fascinating trick. All, all that you're really doing, if you look, it's one of the reasons I told you not to pull it too tightly. If you take that loop, the way it's resting on that ring, and just kind of pull it out and around the bottom of the ring, well, then that knot comes loose. It just goes back to a loop. So then all those rings will slide off into your hand. I thought that was kind of a fascinating trick to do. If I didn't do a good job of explaining it, you can find it easy enough on the internet. The other one is very easy to describe. I think take two long strips of paper. It, it mentioned newspaper, and that would be kind of the right length to do and the easiest to deal with. And you cut three strips, maybe an inch and a half wide, two inches wide, and then it would be as long as the top to the bottom of the newspaper. You glue the ends together. On the first one, you just glue the ends together normally. On the second one, you twist just a half turn one of the ends, glue those ends together so that it's partially twisted. On the third one, you rotate it a that end a full turn turn so that you flip it the half turn and then another turn around and glue those ends together then ask your kids if i cut these right down the center cut the loops right down the center now now i'm talking the full length of the loop that you just put together not across the full length of the loop right down the middle what's going to happen well the first one is easy you know that's going to make two loops, skinnier loops of the same size. The second one, it'll be interesting to see what they guess because if you actually do that, cut it right down the center all the way around the length of the loop that you gave it one one just one twist, well, that actually creates a longer one loop, a bigger, twisted, longer loop. Then the third one, that, that's is kind of the coolest one, it creates two loops, but the loops are like a chain. They're intertwined with each other. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. I learned all that in the library. It ended up being an enjoyable day because I did research about when I substitute teach and it was going to be in the other classes. And it just so happened since it was the day before Thanksgiving, they had decided to open their concession area. It was right across the way from where I was working, and there wasn't hardly any students in my room. I went over and helped with the concession, so I felt good about helping the school out. I got to see every student in that school because they all cycled through the concession line. So 
Bottom line is this. Try, at least try, substituting for a librarian absence, and you might actually enjoy it and make the best of it. Do what you can to help out that school. Don't be bummed out if you end up getting pulled and don't get bored if there's absolutely nothing to do. Create what's going to make your day go faster, and you'll probably enjoy subbing for the librarian more than you ever dreamed.